0: Hello and welcome to the Revolution City Church podcast. I'm Dave Hagger and I trust you enjoy this podcast. Thanks for listening. This passage of the Bible is a framework for my life. It's a significant scripture. I mean, they all are, but it impacts my relationship with God and um, it impacts my work life, my outlook on life. This, this passage of the wedding at Cana. Um, when we started this church, this was a formative passage. And so uh, I just want to read, um, read the story first. Uh, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Who doesn't love a wedding? Jesus' mother, Mother's Day. <laughs> Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, how many of you know it's bad when the wine's gone at a wedding? Uh, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. Because this story is a metaphor for the calling and the life of Jesus. Um, His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons, big jars. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he's told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. Oh, I just feel an anointing on the phrase master of the banquet. Come on. He's the Lord of the feast. He's the master of the banquet. Oh, They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. And Jesus saves the best wine till last. What Jesus did here... In Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. The first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There he stayed for a few days. I included that verse. A lot of people cut it off, the verse before that. But I love the fact on this Mother's Day that after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. And they stayed for a few days. I love that about Jesus. Hanging out. Hanging out with his disciples. Hanging out with his mother. Um, shows what Jesus is like. So, I love this passage. I love this passage. And um, <clears throat> just a few points I want to bring today. As I say, I want to preach really long. Um, but, number one, celebration. Celebration, joy, and feasting. Jesus reveals himself as Lord of the Feast. And, um... I believe we should keep a posture of celebration and joy. Even in this time of lockdown, don't lose your joy. I keep saying it, keep your joy. You know, I went through a bit of a hard year last year and, you know, some really stretching times, um, even with my business. But when I woke up every morning, I just remember there's a resonating joy. And sometimes it's unexplained. Like if I look at my circumstances, it was like, gee, I'm really under pressure here. But you wake up in the morning and there's just joy every day. And I feel like you can lose your joy. You can let the negativity around suck you in. Uh, I'm not saying don't be real, but I'm saying don't lose your joy because the enemy would love to steal your joy because when he steals your joy, there's a lot that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Keep that joy. Keep your joy. Let's, and let's be a people of celebration and joy. Uh, the ne- Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I've tried to think, what else is my strength? You know, but i tell you what, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm -hmm. Um, The joy you carry is your strength. And um, Jesus brings life and celebration to a regional festival, a wedding. And, uh, you know, Melbourne is a city of festivals. But may we bring true celebration and the life of God to the city of Melbourne the feasting and the festival that is in Jesus Christ the life the abundant life Jesus said in John 10:10 10, 10, I came to bring life and life in abundance Zoe life we named our daughter Zoe bring and she's full of life Zoe life to Melbourne <coughs> bring the life and uh, and so I love that about Jesus he's bringing celebration and joy he brings he brings joy to a festival um, Jeremiah 21 said, uh, "Sorry, Jeremiah 29 says the plans I have for you the prosper you not for calamity, but to give you a future and a hope. Jesus wants to give us a future and a hope. But if we look at the context of Jeremiah 29, the first part of Jeremiah 29, it talks about those who seek the peace and prosperity of their city. To them. And so I believe God wants us to seek the peace and prosperity and bless our city. And then he says the plans he has for us to give us a future and a hope. And that's why I started my business, The World Loves Melbourne. Because I wanted to celebrate the city. I wanted to encourage people. I wanted to um, you know, bring life. Celebrate your city. Speak well of your city. Speak well of your city. Reach out to people with love in, in our city. Bring life and hope to people. I, I got to prophesy over a guy this week in the city. He came to me online. And he was really distressed. And he said, I'm not going down without a fight. He, owned, he owns a restaurant. He said, I'm not going down without a fight. And I was able to give him a prophetic word. Um, I'm going to go and visit him, but I, um, the Lord, just gave me a prophetic word for his business, and he already had plans in a council to do something else. But I got him. I just felt something about his business. I spoke to him, and I feel like, and it really resonated with him. And I feel like that's part of the role is, you know, to seek the peace and prosperity of our city, to bring celebration and joy to our city, and bring the prophetic to the marketplace, not just in the church meeting, but love people out there. Be prophetic out there. Um, practical help to people out there. Um, encourage and bring life. Number two is essence. Essence. Let's show Melbourne a new face of the church. Now, you no know, Australians have had a gut full of religion. We don't need more religion. And you guys, I believe, are not religious. I, don't, I find there's a freedom amongst us. Um, but you realise this was Jesus' first miracle. Now, if you were Jesus, which we're not, but it's his first public foray into the marketplace. How is he going to reveal himself in his first miracle? He could have raised someone from the dead. He could have healed somebody's arm or, you know, fed the 5,000. That, that, they're all amazing miracles. But the first miracle that defined him was to turn water into wine at a celebration. And that's what I love about Jesus. He brings the party to the people. He brings the life to the festival. And it just smashes in the face of religion. People that want a religious Jesus, no. Jesus brought life. And obviously it's a metaphor. Jesus is saying here, I'm bringing new wine. And um, uh, I believe that we can show Melbourne, we can show whatever city God puts us in, or wherever we are, we can show that abundant life in our city. I mean, This whole miracle speaks of generosity. It was lavish. It was over the top. I mean, these uh, jars, was it 20, 30-gallon jars? They were massive jars. And Jesus has turned uh, the uh, jars into wine. We're talking thousands of liters of wine. And we're talking top-notch wine. We're talking Grange Hermitage. I don't know what your favorite wine is. Romani Conti or something from France, uh, France. I don't know. Whatever your favorite drop is, but... We're talking premium wine and lots of it. And a lot of pastors would have said, Jesus, you're irresponsible. That is so irresponsible. People are going to stumble. That is just not right. I reckon most pastors would, would have cautioned Jesus. That's not. But I, I just think uh, uh, the Lord is speaking about um, life in God. That living water is so satisfying. It's, he's lavish. He's generous. He's kind. The God we serve, he says, taste and see the Lord is good. He says, come to the waters and drink. And there's that living water in Jesus, that life that satisfies. And, you know, this, this, this uh, story is a metaphor for life. Um, you know, in life, the party runs out. The party runs out. It doesn't matter how successful you are. You can be a multi-multi-millionaire. You can have 25 Lamborghinis or whatever. But this life disappoints. This life does not satisfy you know, you can have 25 hits on the charts or whatever and feel like you're living as a king, but inside you can be broken. Inside you can be hurting, you know. And um, Jesus brings new wine. He brings, he brings true satisfaction. He brings life to, to people, to our city, to broken and needy people. And uh, that's what I love about him. And I feel like God wants us to release that life, the life that's in us. Release that life, touch people. Um, also, release our creativity. I feel this is a creative miracle. God wants us to re- release our creativity, release the supernatural. I believe we can believe God for more miracles, signs and wonders. He wants to release. Unbelieving God for a day of miracles. Um, also, the whole thing about this it was approachable. This was a wedding that everyone was invited to in the region, and 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 the Lord is saying, "Come to the feast. All are welcome. All are welcome in Melbourne. Come to the feast. The homeless, those in the laneways of Melbourne." Those in the business towers, whoever you are, um, come, you're invited. So that's my third point, invitation. All in Melbourne are invited to this feast. What a, what a great feast. I would have loved to have been at the wedding at Cana. Would have liked to have tasted that new wine. I wonder if it was Shiraz. I'm hoping it was Shiraz. Maybe it was Pinot. Maybe it was something we don't know. But um, um, I believe it speaks of an attractive, contagious, free, life-giving Christianity, and uh, I just love it. It shows what Jesus is like. You know, I, I've asked the question once before: What is more spiritual, feasting or fasting? Now, obviously, fasting is spiritual, but I, I reckon feasting is just as as spiritual in the sense that um, the Lord prepares a feasting table in the presence of our enemies. And sometimes people are open to fasting, but they're not open to feasting. They're not open to the blessing God wants to bestow or the favor. Um, and so I believe, um, God talks about favor to be envied in Genesis 26. And so, um, a large gathering and then this an invitation of new wine. Everyone is invited to the kingdom party. The kingdom of God is a party and all are invited. All are invited to the wedding and, uh, you know, the, the wedding, we're, we're, the bride and the bridegroom, Jesus, at the end of the age, the great wedding. Everyone's invited. Um, I preached on this uh, wedding at Cana once in a park. I pre- when we were in Coastlands Church in Adelaide, I preached on this in a park and a few people got saved that day. One of them was a well-known politician, put up his hand for salvation. And I just always remember that, that uh, everyone's invited, whether you're a politician, whether you're homeless, whoever you are. There's an invitation going out across Melbourne, come to the wedding. Come to the wedding. Taste of this new wine that satisfies. The party in this world runs out. You know, you you achieve a lot academically. Whatever it is, it doesn't satisfy. I'm not saying, saying, yes, please study. Get educated. I'm not against that. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, it's only Jesus who satisfies. And so, um, yeah, number five, point number five is hope and uh i just believe life disappoints and we are people that bring hope i believe in this time of lockdown god does not want us to be full of fear he doesn't i know we need to be real we need to be concerned but we need to carry that hope and uh, i just want to encourage us to bring the hope of christ in this time of lockdown this story is a metaphor for life people need jesus and they need hope and we are the carriers of hope Um, ezekiel uh, talks about bringing life to dry bones, carrying hope to a generation. We're here to carry hope to our generation. Number six, I just feel something prophetic about this chapter because um, they brought the jars to Jesus. And I feel like Jesus is saying, bring the jars at this time. Prophetically, Jesus is saying, bring me your jars because I want to fill them. I want to fill the jars and I want them to be overflowing and I want you to live in overflow. I feel like we're going to live in overflow Um, because Jesus is pouring out. He's pouring out new wine. We just sang the song about new wine, but some of us have been crushed. Some of us have been in that place of crushing and God's been forming things in us. He's been forging things in our character and, you know, we can identify with that song about new wine. But through that crushing comes the new wine. And I just want to encourage us that if you've been through a hard trial, if you're going through a hard trial, Remember that God wants to take you in an even more spacious place and He wants to produce new wine from you. And um, I'm, I feel God is saying, bring me your jars and your vessels. He wants to fill to overflowing with new wine. Now, um, I believe we need to stay in faith. The promises God's given us, keep in faith about them. Don't throw them away and give up on them. Stay the promises God's given you. Keep them before you. And 1 Timothy 180, war over the prophecies concerning you. But what do we mean by bringing God the vessels? Well, bring him you yourself as a vessel. Bring him your worship. Bring him your devotion. Bring him your thanksgiving. We are vessels. Bring him your, yeah, your devotion. And um, through your life. But I also feel God is saying, bring him your business. That's a jar. Bring him... Your entrepreneurial ideas. Bring him jars of education. And I've got a friend, we've got a friend who wants to start a new school. Um, she's involved in education. She wants to start a new school. But that would be like bringing a jar. Oh, and and the, job that, the jobs that we have, bring those jars to God. Um, he wants to fill them. Jars of innovation, bring those jars of innovation to God. Bring those jars of technology to God. Bring those creative ideas to God because as we bring our jars, I believe He will fill them. He will fill them and He is positioning us for an outpouring. And so I want to bring God the jars that are in my life. I want to bring Him myself, but I want to bring the things that He's spoken to me about as jars to Him so that He can fill them. I believe He wants to give us innovative ideas, creative ideas, and He wants to invade them and fill them and take us for the he Say Amen. Because God is pouring out new wine in this time. I wanted to prophesy. He's pouring out new wine. He's pouring out fresh wine. I'll just share this with you. I felt God say to me this week, fresh, fresh wine, fresh, 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 fresh. And so what happened was he's saying to me, fresh, fresh wine. Um, This might go out on tape, but suddenly Sam gets sent three meals of hello, fresh. (laughs) Hello, fresh. Hello, fresh meals. At the same time, I get contacted to do something on my website, which I got paid for. uh, Hello, fresh, uh, which is separate to Sam. And there was a super moon out the window. And I just felt God say, be be positioned for my outpouring." And he's pouring out fresh wine. He's pouring out new wine. Hello, fresh, hello, fresh. I'm not necessarily endorsing the brand. I'm just saying fresh, fresh wine. Not the old wine, but the new wine, fresh wine. And um, point number is it eight? I'm nearly finished. He saves the best wine till last. And I believe that for us personally. If you've been through moves of God, I've been in some amazing moves of God. I've seen cripples walking. I think I've said this cripples walking, people coming out of wheelchairs, blind eyes open. I've seen people healed of cancer. I've seen amazing miracle signs and wonders. <clears throat> And people talk about them as the glory days. Yes, they were the glory days. But I'm not hankering because Jesus saves the best wine till last. Whatever glory days we've been in, I'm open to the fact that right now can be our best time ever. And um, even at the end of the age, I believe God's going to pour out all the great uh, revivals of the past rolled up into wine and beyond. His tsunamis are coming. His waves are coming. I'm not just saying that as some triumphalism... I believe in deep in my heart there's a massive harvest coming, there's a massive waves of God coming, and He's pouring out. Now, the Mother's Day point I wanted to bring is Jesus' mother in this story. If you remember one thing from today, it's Jesus' mother saying to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Jesus Mother saying to the servants, do whatever he tells. Jesus tells you, listen to your mother, listen to your mother, no, listen to Jesus, do whatever he tells you, because it unlocked the miracle, it unlocked the pouring out, the obedience, and so while I'm prophesying all these things about favor and God coming and pouring out, behind it all, I want to just share a word, the word obedience, obedience opens doors, obedience unlocks The pouring out of God. So um, I just want to encourage us. Obedience isn't always a fashionable word in the church. We don't want to hear about obedience because God might be telling me to do something I don't want to do, which does happen, which happens quite regularly, often, Often, (laughs) you know. uh, But what is God saying to me? What is God saying to you? Do whatever he tells you and unlock that whole situation is the obedience To obey is better than sacrifice. I'm preaching to myself. Um, But in any situation, ask this question, Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what do you want me to do? And uh, just quickly, the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, there were two questions asked on the day of Pentecost. What does this mean? And what shall we do? What does this mean on the day of Pentecost? And what shall we do? What shall we do? What does this mean? What shall we do? And um, I'm preaching to myself, God woke me up last night in the middle of the night and He said to me, I don't just tell you things, I also tell you what to do. So if I'm just prophesying and prophesying, there's times where God tells me things I need to do. So um, I'm saying, Lord, what are you telling me right now? What do I need to do? And so I just share that as a word to all of us today. Just ask the Lord um, and just ask Him regularly, Lord, what are you saying to me personally? And what must I do? And it could be something radical. It could be something that goes against our flesh and what we want to do. But um, yeah. Obedience. Obedience opens the door. So that's what um, I wanted to say. I just prophesy new wine, Lord, that there be new wine over all of us. I prophesy new wine. I proph- prophesy fresh wine. I prophesy fresh things over us all, Lord. I prophesy new things. I prophesy a new era, not just a new day. I prophesy new doors. I prophesy um, fullness, the word fullness I declare over us all. The bringing of jars, let us bring our jars. Let us do, Lord, whatever you've told us. Uh, Lord, I thank you for keys of obedience right now. And I thank you, Lord, you're unlocking celebration and feasting. Lord, we pray for Melbourne, Melbourne experience new wine. And let them experience a fresh face of the church. Lord, we declare you to be the Lord of the feast. And we praise you. Amen. Bless you guys. And, um,.